Welcome back to another episode of the Catholic Buzz Podcast. Thanks for joining us again. Uh, my name is Father Daniele, and I'm joined by Josh Sullivan. Hello. Josh, welcome. And Matt Van Milligan, welcome back. Hello. Uh, today, we're going to take a look right into the life of our friend St. Paul. Hmm. And, you know, throughout the three seasons of this podcast, we probably have mentioned St. Paul, other than Jesus, probably. Yeah. <laughs> we probably <laughs> mentioned St. Paul. Uh, you know, he's up there with how many times we mentioned him. And uh, St. Paul uh, is uh, the one person that has contributed significantly to our understanding of the faith. I mean, you look at the New Testament and St. Paul's letters. Uh, I think of the 27 books mm-hmm. of the New Testament, I think there's 13 that belong to St. Paul. But uh, officially, he has influence on other mm-hmm. of the writings in the New Testament. Yeah. And then at one time in our theological understanding, even the book of Hebrews was yeah. attributed to St. Paul. And now it's like, ooh, we don't think that's St. Paul. Yeah. Anyways, so he's had influence on even the writings of the New Testament. And then when you look at the theology of the church and all these things, you know, the writings of St. Paul are just weaved into our Catholic faith and mm-hmm. into our even, even into our uh, Catholic experience, yeah. right? So uh, a mega uh, saint, someone who has uh, shaped our Catholic faith. So we're going to take a look into his life today. Mm-hmm. And there's a feast day coming up for him, too, sometime in June. Uh, June 29th yes. is mm-hmm. the feast day of St. Peter uh, and St. Paul. St. Peter and St. Paul, yes. Uh, and uh, the conversion of St. Paul is January 25th. We celebrate yeah. his conversion. Mm-hmm. As a feast day. As a feast day. Cool. Yeah. You know what's cool is because just going back and just doing my little bit of research for this episode, um, the the dedication of the reason why we have St. Peter and St. Paul as one feast day is because St. Peter kind of took on the role in, in the what when they were talking about Gentiles and not yeah. and whatnot, of converting whether Gentile could convert to Christianity um, or whether they had to become Jewish first or whatever. Basically, St. Paul said, <laughs> I'm... I'll take the Gentiles, you take the Jews. And that was kind of the agreements that they kind of had. And so, so like, St. Peter was the first pope and in charge of the church and, and, and everything else. But he kind of formed the Christian faction out of, out of the Jews, uh, the Jewish people. And then St. Paul was the one that went out to the outskirts and kind of grabbed everybody else and, until eventually, I think, the church... Uh, yeah. Understood, accepted, and changed, uh, and then ever like the church was for everybody, not just the Jewish people. You know, yeah. so it's kind of cool. So you had not, not, I'm not gonna say two popes, but two, um, two leaders. Yeah, and that's why Saint Paul and Saint Peter are held in such high. I mean, Saint Paul is held up there with Saint Peter, kind yeah. of in a, in a similar light. Yeah, and it is really, really interesting that that's that's the way that the division fell, yeah. uh, because if you take kind of uh, Saint Paul's origins. Um, that in terms of like re- resumes, yeah. like Peter, Peter was a fisherman and like spent three years with Jesus. Like that's, yeah, you know, for sure. Yeah, that's a credential. You can, you can <laughs> check um, that one off. Yeah. yeah. But in terms of kind of study theology, like that, um, like St. Paul, that, you know, as a candidate for like to be. To use the scriptures to show Jesus' yeah, yeah, thing. Yeah, exactly. That he was like, so he, um, Book of Acts says, um, he studied under Gamaliel, who yeah. was a very, very high up rabbi uh, within the Pharisaic tradition. Um, we talked, this is weeks ago, about um, it, how how 
um, scandalized people were about the way that Jesus taught, that, that yeah. like some of the formulations yeah. he used for his teaching, like you've heard it said, but I say to you, only rabbis with really, really high level of, you know, um, perceived authority could actually make those teachings. Gamaliel was one of these. So he was, he was a heavy hitter in like the, yeah. um, uh, you know, the, the Jewish, the other. so like, um, in terms of, preparation academic like credential like or even authority for Paul to sit at yeah. his feet to be a disciple like that he's uh, like it would seem that if, if you're just looking at the um you know uh, wh- what he's bringing yeah, yeah re- resume what he's bringing to the table then it's like it would it would seem just like in, in a worldly sense that you know Saint Paul should be the one to go to the Jews um but it's um and and, and you you um uh, one of the things I love about St. Paul is that, like, he has this on both sides. That is, like, in terms of his Greek formation, he's, like, um, you can see from his letters that he understands references and challenges um, Greek philosophy all, yeah. all, all the time. That is, like, he has these academic creds. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, but then you also have the, the attitude that is, like, what was once to my gain, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. Mm-hmm. That it's, like, he, he's not holding these things up. He's not saying, oh, I'm more qualified to They're do this than of honor. anybody else. That it's, yeah. like, he's just, like, I'm I'm preaching Christ and him crucified. That's, yeah. like, that's yeah. my goal. That's it. That it's, like, um, so it's really interesting that, you know, from a worldly perspective, you know, it seems more appropriate that St. Paul should be the one to go to the, the Hebrews and the whatever. But like yeah. this recognition, even even in the apostles, is like, no, I, this isn't about hierarchy. This isn't about status. This isn't about whatever. This is just like, this is our mission. This yeah. is what we're doing. Yeah. Listening to so Paul now was originally, his name was Saul. Yeah. yeah. And uh, he was from a Jewish family. He was a Pharisee, yeah. correct? Yeah. And uh, he, as in his daily life, was a tent maker. That yeah. was his. Uh, now, now he was a, he was a Roman citizen too, right? Which kind of gave him a little bit more authority. I'm going to say over than than some other people necessarily. Yeah. Maybe you know, gave, and maybe that's one of the reasons why he was used in the yeah. Gentile eyes. Gave him some latitude. Yeah, with yeah. the Gentile population versus, uh, and let's say, a Nazarene, or yeah. uh, you know what I mean. So. Yeah. Interesting. And what we know about uh, Saul yeah. before he was Paul was that uh, he was uh, really participating in the persecution mm-hmm. of Christians. Yeah. He, he says so a lot in his letters. And so he talks about how he persecuted Christians. And then it seems like when he was a younger man, um, he really went after um, them. Now, and if, and if he was a Pharisee, it kind of makes sense because the Pharisees were holding up. We've talked about this before. Yeah. Pharisees were holding up the rules. Like they were really into trying to bring... Um, the cloud of God back into the temple. So at one time, the you know just in the Maccabees area, whatever else, the uh, the Holy of Holies, as we know, the Ark of the Covenant, the big cloud came down, the Ark of Covenant, and everything else, and used to reside in the Holy of Holies. Yeah. That just got up and left one day, and and so the Sadducees, not sorry, I said not Sadducees, the Pharisees were really about doing everything in their power to bringing it back. Yeah. And so if we just keep following all the laws that God gave us and we, and, and so instead of just following, like if you were, you weren't supposed to eat with unclean hands, then it's like, yeah. okay, we're going to wash our hands at this time, at this time, at this time. So we never cross that line of eating with unwashed hands or whatever, you know, like they, they take all the rules that God gave you and then they, you know, give you 10 other rules on top of that to make sure you don't ever get close to crossing mm-hmm. that line. If that's the case. What they see about Jesus doing is is like whoa! This like we're trying to get Jesus, we're trying to get God back here, and this prophet, this this guy who's got the ear of all these Jewish people, um, is kind of going totally against that, you know. And it, right in right in the scriptures, we see uh, an an account of Saul persecuting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. It's in Acts chapter seven. 
um, the stoning of Stephen. Yeah, yeah. He, he was present at that. He was yeah, present yeah. there, and I, yeah. I think it says like you know they 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 became they became enraged they, and they throw the cloaks they, at. They dragged Stephen out of the city, began to stone stone him, mm-hmm. and uh, they the witnesses laid their coats at the feet of a young man named Saul. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so Saul, yeah. we know, was present there. Even even uh, at the time of his conversion, he's on his way to Damascus to bring back followers of the New Way Christians in chains. That it's yeah. like he's he, like he's actively persecuting the church when we encounter him in the in the scriptures. Yeah, yeah it, and so that was sort of what we knew about Saul. Yeah, before. so he's so he's a he's a Roman citizen yep. who was a Pharisee, studied under one of the top rabbis in the Pharisaic order, um, and then um, tent maker. Tentmaker. He wasn't. He wasn't like I always pictured Saul to be from some rich family stuff, but that wasn't yeah. the case because he did no. work. He just didn't work as often as necessarily like a fisherman every day kind of thing. Need to bring fish in, so he he built tents. He made tents and kind of took on that tradition and then learned a lot. Like he had a lot of time for education. Yeah, he, he studied. Yeah, uh, yeah exactly. Uh, okay, so then we have this. That, that was sort of the background that we yeah, know yeah. about Saul. Then we know from the also from the Acts of the Apostles is this conversion experience of Saint Paul, mm-hmm. and um, so let's take a look at that. Saul, sorry, is 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 going on this road down Damascus, and it's would you say chronologically shortly after the stoning of of Stephen? I, I would think so. Yeah, it yeah. wasn't. It, it wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> It wasn't before. No, no, but, <laughs> short, but shortly <laughs> after. Yeah, yeah, yeah maybe. Like, yeah. so around, like, that had happened, and then maybe Jesus had had enough. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and it comes to, to Saul on the road to Damascus, and uh, there's this bright light yeah, that yeah. comes from the sky, and uh, this voice, mm-hmm. right? Uh, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Right. And and Saul asks, who are you, yeah. Lord? And he says, I, I am Jesus, the one you're persecuting. Yeah. Which for me, when you read this, it's, it's always amazing. It's not, Jesus wasn't like, you're persecuting my followers. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like you're persecuting me. Because like what you're doing to them, what you're you do doing... Le- yeah, what to you, me. what you do to the least of my brothers, yeah, you're doing to me. Exactly. Yeah. And and like imagine Saul's reaction to hearing this this yeah. voice. Uh, anyways, through this encounter is blinded. Yeah. Yeah. Right? And is blinded and um, I, I believe it was for three days yeah. that his vision was... He, he had to go do something. Yeah, he was that's, given instructions to was, go to yeah. the house of Ananias. Yes, yeah. and, okay. that's, and that's how, he, how you get fixed. Yeah. <laughs> and Ananias... Yeah. On like it's kind of like you know if you're watching the, other side the TV of the show, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like he hears this this mission from the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. from the Lord to to go and talk with Saul. Now, of course, the early Christians word had spread about Saul that this was not a dude you wanted to be around. Yeah, well, this right? was a death sentence. Going yeah. to talk, going to talk to Saul was a death sentence. Right, he's going to stone you. He's going to lock you up in chains. He's going to bring you back to the temple. Yeah. And and persecuted to the highest extent of the law. That's right. And Ananias, like, even said, <laughs> it's like, what? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, He's like, what? You're going to send me to this guy, yeah. Saul? I've heard of him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and he goes. And then the scene there is Ananias goes. Yeah. He kind of puts his hand on, yeah. on Saul. Him. Oh, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. After, yeah, yeah. And then, uh, you know, I've been sent to you by the Lord Jesus. Yeah. And then there's this... 
there's a scene where like he describes it as scales coming off his eyes falling off his eyes yeah and he's he's made new like he's yeah. you know yes he is baptized uh, there uh, but it's like he's made new. He he can now he now sees with the eyes of faith. Mm-hmm. He's given. It's like re. It's like a rebirth. Yeah, we've you know? talked. We've talked about before. How do you explain living in the Holy Spirit? How do you explain living with the gifts of the Spirit and and how God can speak to you? It's 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 very similar to speaking to someone who's only ever seen in black and white television what color TV is. How do you explain that? It's really hard. It, you have to experience it. Yeah. And so his way of talking about the scales <clears throat> fell off his eyes is like he's seeing something new. He's yeah. seeing something completely different. Completely he, different. He's experiencing yeah. life in a totally due and different way, yeah. and, fully alive. And we, we can kind of uh, parallel this to um, our discussion about the road to Emmaus a little while ago. That like, mm. like Jesus literally encounters him on the road. Um, and that, you know, in, yeah. in the Emmaus story, it's like... Um, uh, he, he breaks the bread and their eyes were opened yeah. that it's like that they, they, they have, um, you know, a misunderstanding about what Christianity is, what the yeah. events of, you know, uh, the incarnation, death, yeah. resurrection, um, all the, that, you know, <laughs> Jesus is, um, you know, encountering them directly like this, this is your perspective now. But this is what it's going to be because you know yeah. I need you to. <laughs> Can I? I just I just thought something's kind of yeah. cool. Yeah. Okay, wait. Follow him through with this thread as I'm thinking out loud. Yeah. Um, his followers were already followers of Jesus, so think of them as Christians. Um, they encountered him, and they were brought back to him, or their faith became back and became alive again through the sacrament of the Eucharist. Mm-hmm. Paul, not being a follower of Jesus became alive through the sacrament. I'm going to say a baptism. Like through an experience yeah. of Jesus, but yeah. through the sacrament. He was baptized. Exactly. Yeah. So so talking about how like people, you know, come back to Jesus or come fully alive and stuff like that yeah. through our sacraments themselves. Yeah. But how it's kind of cool that the sacrament of initiation into the church baptism is is kind of yeah. where, you know, one happened versus the other one they were already there. So if you're doubting your faith, come back yeah. to the Eucharist. Yeah. Uh, anyways, yeah, and and there's this really because we've been reading uh, you know the Acts of the Apostles all through the the Easter season. And so we hear about the conversion of St. Paul because uh, it is uh, chapter 9 for those who want to read the uh, conversion of, of St. Paul. But what always gets me when I, when I read this, uh, this story uh, from, from Paul's conversion is, uh, so, he's, so Ananias, right? Mm-hmm. He's baptized, whatever. And then it says, first, he, he regains his strength. He takes some food. And then he goes back with the disciples. Mm-hmm. Like he he spends a few days with yeah. the disciples. Could you imagine yeah. <laughs> what people felt yeah. when Ananias shows up at the door? It's like, hey, everyone, look who I have. Yeah. And, and like Saul is standing there. Like imagine the disciples are like, what, what is that guy doing here? Yeah. Right. And so it was it was amazing because this experience had changed uh, Paul mm-hmm. or Saul. Yeah. But it it also changed everyone else yeah. because they were now looking at someone different, yeah. someone that they didn't want to be around. They embraced him, yeah. right? And and that's also goes along with the sort of the the mission of, of yeah. the church, right? Yeah. We, that they were out there to seek the lost, yeah. and, and they welcomed Paul. And like, there's there's no accounts of that being like, get out of here, or we don't yeah. want you around here, you yeah. know. Anyways, so uh, then of course. It's in the uh, in Acts chapter nine. Saul was doing preaching, and uh, he was 
you know, becoming more popular because of uh, the words. Because, I mean, think about his experience. He's got a good story to tell, Mm -hmm. right? So you want to hear that. So people were really interested. Like, wow, this guy had a conversion. He went from persecuting Christians, and now he's a believer in Jesus Christ. Like, I want to hear what happened to him. And he's got this experience where Jesus himself had come and spoke to him. So he's telling people this. People are in awe, and and we're coming to believe in Jesus Mm -hmm. themselves. So what happened? Now the tables were turned because the Jews... At the time, it says in verse 23 of chapter 9 of the Acts of the Apostles, it says the Jews had plotted to kill him. Yeah. yeah. It's, you know, but of course, Paul became, uh, found out about this plot, you know, but they were watching now him, the very one that was watching the other other Christians. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now the tables have turned on, on him. I find it interesting because you hear yeah. this conversion a lot of times. We talked about Scott Hahn recently, but uh, like a lot of a lot of people who kind of come into the church, like look at the church to to turn yeah. them against them, or like to prove that the church is this, that, or the other thing, end up being converted through through their journey because they're open. Because again, they're I think their hearts are seriously seeking truth, yeah. and they find it um, in, in their in their journey to try to discredit certain things but yeah. that's you know kind of cool the cool thing about saint paul we don't actually know if he preached and so all throughout he talks about how he like we knew that lots of people gathered to listen mm-hmm. and we but but he talks about uh corinthians he says he's not an elegant speaker he doesn't mm. he doesn't he's not very good with words but the, and so uh, a lot of historians i was looking it up they don't actually know how he converted so many souls because they don't like he wasn't the kind of guy to stand on the street corner and preach it out loud a lot of times but he but he wrote a lot and everybody mm-hmm. knew who he was <laughs> yeah. one of the things that they suggested was he's a tent maker so it's not very noisy work and so he probably was like in the market trying to sell his tents and he would just be sitting there and like it's the one that you could kind of like you don't want to get blood on your face from the butcher. So you're like if you're going to go talk to somebody, you're sitting there talking to Paul who's just like sitting there knitting, you know, I mean, or, or just stitching stuff up. Mm-hmm. And he's the guy that then all of a sudden like crowds start because he has an amazing story. He has an amazing conversion story. And so people are coming and now he can sew while he is talking to you and he can make these tents and, and, and you know and they're big attractions too and, and by making by being a tent maker at the time too he's also traveling around all he's, over the place you know, place, he's, you know? He's, he's he's covering a lot of territory exactly he's making his wear, wear, wares he's, he's selling his wares yeah. and, every, and and he actually talks about how he doesn't have a lot of time to, he doesn't have as much time to preach as he would like yeah. and not, not preach he doesn't have as much time to share as he would like because he has to work yeah. but that kind of goes to saying again he, he worked a lot but so how did he have this time to kind of go? He didn't. He 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 did it while he was working. He he lived his life and shared the gospel, mm-hmm. which is kind of yeah. cool. You it know? is kind of cool. Yeah. So the the letters of of Saint Paul that we have in the New Testament, there's there's oh, a lot of them, right? Yeah. There's yeah. Romans, there's First and Second Corinthians, there's Galatians, Ephesians. It's, it's the it's always the ones that you know whether the reader really knows what they're talking about or not uh, when they get up for mass because they they pronounce the word correctly. When it's it's always the letters that Paul wrote. Because yeah. <laughs> uh, is it Colossians? Is it Galatians? Is it Col- you know, Colusions? <laughs> what, 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 Galatians? Galatians? Gal- you know, it's it's always when you're when you sit there like, okay, how how do you pronounce this? Good luck. But it's amazing. <laughs> it's it's amazing what uh, <clears throat> what Paul writes in his letters. Like oh, yeah. if if, mm-hmm. if you've never if you've if you attend mass, you've heard the letters of Paul. It, it's what we usually read in our second reading uh, during most parts mm-hmm. of the year. Uh, letters from Saint Paul. But if you've never read them, like people uh, should take time to go through the letters of Paul mm-hmm. because they're just such full of uh, of, of great spiritual uh, fruit, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and St. Paul is writing these letters for a purpose. Like he's addressing a specific people. Like, mm-hmm. and, and it's, you know, when he writes to the Romans, for example, I mean, that's his background, mm-hmm. right? And so he's writing about certain things that they're doing that aren't 
compatible with people who are Christian or who yeah. are following Jesus mm-hmm. Christ. Um, and then, you know, we see this more friendly Paul when he's writing to his friend Timothy yeah, yeah. or whatever. You know, you see kind of all these sides of him in, in his different letters. But the things that he addresses in the letters that he writes mm-hmm. are very pertinent for today. I was going to say they're timeless. They're, yeah, yeah, they're yeah, timeless. Yeah, 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 really. They really are. And uh, so he, St. So Paul, is really trying to get people to really live fully mm-hmm. the Christian life. Like... Uh, and and you can see in him he's encouraging people like if if you are a believer of Jesus Christ then be one like yeah. live it you know <laughs> and I think we were I sent Josh a, a meme uh, a couple weeks ago about like you know if if Saint Paul saw the situation today we'd be getting a letter yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> if he saw the situation in Canada today he would be getting we'd a letter be getting a letter <laughs> and it's so true yeah. right because he was addressing specific things about. About, uh, <laughs> about about how people were, were or were not living, living their, their faith. Catholic faith. And there are some writings of St. Paul that are controversial. In terms of today, people yeah. say, oh, St. Paul was, uh, you know, uh, he was too bold. He, he uh, was, um, he, he didn't like women yeah. or he didn't all these things. I mean, he's writing to all these different people. Uh, about situations that are happening, he's responding to yeah. these, and he says that. Yeah. If you read his letters, you know, put them in the context of the people he's reading. He's writing them to. He even says, "I have heard yeah. that among you, this is going on. This is going yeah, on, yeah. and here's what I'm going to address. The Lord Jesus has given me this opportunity to address you, right? Yeah. What I really like to find cool too is that we talked about last week the one Spirit, and this is kind mm-hmm. of one of those opportunities that the Holy Spirit is speaking through Paul. And giving him direction for for the Gentiles or the people that he's attached with, he's also talking to Peter and doing the same thing. Like so, the same same rules apply to the entire church, but he is are speaking through two different conduits. Mm-hmm. It's the same spirit. Is you're getting the same message no matter which way you go. You know what I mean? Which is kind of really cool. Now the difference become when they put their own preferences or their own opinions in place, and that's where you start to see a little bit of butting heads. Um, amongst the apostles, even mm-hmm. just to kind of figure out what is God, exactly is God saying here. Yeah, and the the fact is, and like the um, uh, Acts of the Apostles is like a, a um, an illustration of this. That it's like they're working it out themselves. Yeah, that it's not as though like that you know even even as soon as like Pentecost happens that they just have this like you know complete airtight theology. <laughs> yeah, but it's like no, they actually have to work it out. That it's yeah. like. Um, I was like, okay, so no, what, to what extent do we hold to the Jewish law? To what extent yeah. do we incorporate other people into into our fold? And they, they actually have discussion and debate and disagreement and, you know, actually work that out in a constructive way that's not picking up rocks and hawking <laughs> it at each other. And like, this is, this is a, like, this is a step. Yeah. Um, this is a, a, an area that they need to grow so that, you know, um, at the time where they are kind of establishing the new church, they've they've worked through these things themselves. They've actually had this you know discussion internally, which I think is a really really good model for the church now, mm-hmm. especially like people want to uh, people looking at it from the outside. I guess that it's like we have this uh, you know th- this discussion within the church. We have yeah. debate. We have you know uh, misunderstanding. We have difference of opinion, and we can you know. <laughs> we can have it out. Yeah. Some of the things that, like you said, they were working things out. So some of the things we find in the writings of St. Paul, hmm. uh, like St. Paul is pretty instrumental in, in showing that some customs of the Jewish people mm-hmm. aren't yeah. necessary 
for the Christian people, yeah. right? Like, for example, a circumcision yeah, would yeah. be one of those yeah. things, yeah. or certain or dietary the, the kosher laws, laws. Yeah. The kosher laws, yeah. right? So St. Paul kind of right, figures those out. Yeah. I want you to comment, because I think it's hilarious, uh, a little <laughs> bit on the little tension between St. Paul and St. Peter. Oh, yeah. You know, there yeah. was this... Well, it's, it's on this point that it's like, um, it, it saw Peter not, distancing yeah. himself from, from people who weren't weren't circumcised, weren't obe- uh, obeying the law. And he's like, well, you know, if... Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say, what didn't and didn't Saint Paul talk about? Because what the part that I remember is that Saint Peter had no problem when it was just him and Paul and the Gentiles. Yeah, sitting down, enjoying each other's company, talking, and everything else. But as soon as other Jewish people came, yeah. Peter seemed to have a different face yeah. Yeah. and pull in a totally different direction. Right? Okay, sorry. Keep going. Yeah. No. And no. No. That, yeah. that, that's that's exactly it. That he he acted differently. Yeah. When he felt he was being judged by those who were uh, who would hold to a, a more strict interpretation of the law, um, and and Paul called him out <laughs> and yeah, said, in front of people. Yeah, yeah, and just like, no, no. If this is like this is either true or it's not, and we can't change the way that we act based on our you know how we feel others are perceiving us. Yeah, yeah. I love that. Yeah. I mean, that's that's kind of like it's just Paul kind of speaking, and I think at the same time is understanding even Saint Paul. I mean, even Saint Peter being, yeah. you know, being the representative of God on earth and stuff. The Holy Spirit using Saint Paul to say, "Whoa, hold on, you're not listening to me. This is how it works," you yeah. know, and, and yeah. just kind of why why it takes the College of Cardinals to to run the church. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not just the Pope speaking infallibly as mm-hmm. we've talked about many times in the past. I mean. There is a time where that can happen, but yeah. for the most part, it's the it's the cardinals, it's the bishops, it's 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 the entirety of the church that make these things into reality. Yeah. Um, so uh, he was also arrested. He mm-hmm. spent many of his time, uh, many much of his time in jail, in jail, in prison, and he wrote some of the letters yeah. from prison that he he says there, right. Um, and then he was at one point, I think tradition says that he was beheaded. Mm-hmm. That's how he died. Yeah. Right. And uh, so that was sort of the, <laughs> the end of, of, of St. Yeah. Paul. But uh, even from prison, right, when he was yeah. writing to these people, who, who were some of the students of St. Paul that were coming to oh. sort of with, to, to learn from him? And even visit him, I think, in prison, or were, were they just receiving letters from him? Well, you had yeah. Timothy, right? Yeah, Timothy yeah, yeah. was he's, a big one. Yeah, he's the uh, like the most constant, I think. Because he traveled, did he travel with Paul for a little bit there, or was it? Th- uh, from yeah. my understanding, they traveled together for a little bit, and then they went their own. Like basically, yeah. okay, the the student has become the master, not sure, really, yeah, but exactly. more like you, you've you've grown enough, you can't learn anything from me. Yeah. Now go, I need you to be another. You know. Yeah, I think so. But and and even uh, we can say something about how discipleship looked after after Jesus. So yeah. like again, in the Pharisaic tradition, you have this really structured like. I'm the rabbi. Yes. This is my student, and it's very hierarchical, and it's very um, that it's like um, when you have like even uh, um, the the brothers meeting in Jerusalem. Like, yeah. there's no um, you know Peter's not flexing on anyone, or like just yeah, yeah. like oh I'm 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 the head here, like or like I'm the most important. That it's like they're really it really is fraternal. Yeah. It's really so um, again in terms of like followers disciples like it's actually understood differently in the apostolic age than it was even even just for kind of Jesus and, and his disciples. Yeah. Well, and listening to the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit being that the one spirit that speaks truth to yeah. the whole entire situation again. Yeah. Yeah. And he was well traveled, right? Mm-hmm. Like so. Yeah. 
he was. I think that's where all the letters come into play. That's like, right. Whereas if Peter is just in one spot, we don't have a whole lot of letters from Peter. We have a couple, but we don't have a lot. Uh, but but he traveled all over in his business. And sure. so he was... Con- and again, if you're sitting in this town square for days on end making a tent, and you sell the tent, then you move on yeah. and that kind of thing, then you're going to know all the people in the area. Yeah. Um, the other thing, though, that it, a lot of times we... we I think it's, I don't know if it's tradition or if he says it in his letters sometimes. It's like a lot of times he is... Um, he is dictating the letter to a scribe and a scribe is yeah. writing it. Yeah. But then, then every now and then he gets really excited saying, Hey, look, I wrote this letter in my own hand, <laughs> yeah. you know, see how big the letters there are and all that kind of stuff. So, um, like when he's in prison, he's either dictating to somebody there or we just are going to have to assume that he got somehow pen and ink and I mean like a quill and ink and paper or something to get that message across, you know? Mm-hmm. So yeah, and uh, so while in his in his travels, like he was obviously in Antioch, yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Um, Corinth. I think he was, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he went to he went on a mission with Barnabas to Cyprus, yes. right? He went throughout yeah. Asia Minor, yeah, and then mm-hmm. he traveled through Europe. Like um, he went to what um, Greece, Italy, Macedonia, mm-hmm. yeah, um, all these places that he was going. Uh, he was, I think, he was shipwrecked in Malta. Mm-hmm. Right, and uh, he was eventually making his way to Spain. He returned east. Okay, so he was like all he, over he traveled there. for twenty years, roughly yeah. all together. And so, and then he went and he established a bunch of churches. I think three of them were in Europe, a bunch of them in minor a- Asia Minor, as we said, and then in Cor- Corinth. And yeah, yeah if, if your Bible has like in in the back, it, like t- sometimes it has like a, a little map, map of, of what? like the yeah, um, and there um, I've, I've I've looked and I'd love to do it someday. But you can actually go on kind of walking pilgrimages, following some of the yes. path, and it's like, but they take weeks. They it yeah. actually yeah and. It's, he now co- he covered some ground at the yeah. Vatican, the, the, or sorry, in Rome. Uh, there's a place called Saint Paul's mm-hmm. outside the walls, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Is that is this the place where he was beheaded? The, this oh, is where they sure. have, uh, they have like a. a it's st- one of the major. There are five major basil. Is it five major basilicas yeah. in, in Rome? And this is the one that's just outside. Um, it's a beautiful place. I've been there. It's it's great. But yes, so and they have the catacombs there too. That's that's where it's where it's said that he was executed. Okay, yeah. And if you go and visit, it's really a beautiful, beautiful place. Um, right in the courtyard, there's like a, a uh, I haven't been there now in yeah. maybe fifteen or twenty years, but uh, there's like a slab where they are. They say that that's the place where he was beheaded. beheaded. Yeah, and so that's a place of you know people reverence it and and whatever. And then the the church itself is really beautiful. Um, and it's built over the burial place of where Paul was was buried. That that that's cool. I, I what I remember about that place actually is because the catacomb. There's catacombs all around that area, but um, specifically when I was there, we in our little group we took a bunch of young adults, and uh, we got to say mass in the catac- inside the catacombs over a tomb that was a tomb of a saint. Right. And so, but it would like what it remind me of like this is what the early church did. At this time, when they're being persecuted by Christian, by you know, be, for being Christian and everything else, there's ten of us, or thir- I think there's thirteen of us, thirteen of us in this one room catacomb, and there's a bunch of like this, <laughs> there's a bunch of graves, but there's one specifically mm-hmm. that we could say mass on, and and uh, the priest that we were with at the time, Father uh, Terry Sawchuk, he he said mass uh, over top, of that, and that was a really cool experience. for me. That was really cool, yeah, you know, to course. be able to say mm-hmm. mass kind of the way the old Christians did um, at this time. But yeah, do you know inside the Church of Saint Paul's outside the wall, Saint Paul outside the walls, um, up above there are portraits of every pope. 
Oh yeah, and uh, there's there's a legend yeah. that has it at, at this basilica at this church. There and they're you know circular sort of yeah. images of of the popes, and uh, the legend is that when the space runs out <laughs> to put popes there yeah. is when Christ returns. How, how many more yeah, there weren't yeah, many yeah. left when I was there <laughs> <So>. <laughs> but that's the legend that has it yeah. there so but if, if anyone is in Rome uh, it's a beautiful place to go um, I'm sorry I just gotta say all of a sudden you know like we get to the last spot and everyone's like ooh okay and then all of a sudden they build an addition yeah exactly. <laughs> like, like it's not gonna exactly yeah. so uh, just a few closing things because we're running out of time yeah. here is uh, St. Paul is the patron saint of missionaries evangelists writers journalists authors public workers mm-hmm. and of course tent makers okay mm-hmm. so we already said that his feast day is on june 29th with saint peter his the feast of his conversion is on uh january 25th so uh there's so much to know about saint paul obviously we can't talk about it all in in, in this episode but i, I know f- personally that uh, the writings of saint paul uh have helped me in my spiritual life and really when when we're dealing with issues today, mm-hmm. you know, let's go back and see what St. Paul writes about mm-hmm. them and, and then apply them to yeah. today. And, and I think things are really clear. St. Paul, you know, had uh, this experience where he completely changed his life because of an encounter mm-hmm. with Jesus. And I think that's what we have to encourage uh, people, you know, when our, our lives aren't going to change unless we encounter yeah. Jesus. And so let's pray. Let's pray for the intercession of St. Paul because, uh, you know, and, and not only to be able to encounter Jesus and, and to be able to change our lives, but also to have the zeal that he did. Mm-hmm. Like he was just so in love with Jesus that he just went for it. Yeah. Even to being threatened, to being arrested, killed. Flogged five flogged, different times, I think it was. Imprisoned. Yeah, imprisoned you know, and yeah. he, he didn't stop. He no. just kept <laughs> preaching Jesus yeah. because he was fully convinced uh, by his experience and, and through his heart and, and knowledge of Jesus that it was worth every, yeah. it was worth everything. He was all in. He was all in. So if anyone has any questions or comments or things to share about St. Paul, you can uh, send us an email at askusatthecatholicbuzz.com or leave a comment on our social media. Uh, That's all the time we got today. So for Josh Sullivan and Matt Van Milligan, my name is Father Daniele. We'll see you next time on The Catholic Buzz. (laughs) 